This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Man, he has a really big head. That's all I can think of when I see Chris Sharma. Don't get me wrong, he's humble and friendly, but he also has a lot of cranium on his big frame. And out of all the thoughts I could be having, this happens to be it. I've been invited to climb in the Citizen Open Comp tomorrow. In all the rambling daydreams of a climber, I never imagined I'd be here climbing at the qualifier for the first ever U.S. World Cup in Vail, Colorado. I'd never imagined I would compete in front of thousands, much less Chris Sharma. Next morning, I try to sort out my head over a strong cup of coffee. I'm a basket case. I never expected to do well, but with all these people watching, I'm worried about making a total fool of myself. My friend Ronnie, who has also come here to climb, and I go early to check out the wall. At 20 feet tall, the bouldering wall is tall and steep with no texture. The holds range from the tiniest to the massive, but none of them are easy to hang on to. I imagine the jolt when and if I top out a problem and drop onto the pads. Each fall will feel like a stab that runs up my back and jolts into my spine. Bone grinds against bone. It always lasts for about a minute or so, but the next day is when it really hurts. My ankle and heel throb from dropping on them over and over. Drugs fight the pain and swelling in the surgically fused back, but all they really do is take the edge off the barking dog. I was already sore. Things were not looking promising for the one-legged climber. When I climb, most people don't even notice my prosthetic. Don't notice it much, I should say. I mean, they see it, of course, and they want to know what happened. I usually give people the short version. I fell 100 feet, God is good, and somehow I'm still here climbing with my family. I always take a little extra time with kids. I let them kick my leg like a car tire. They think I'm part robot. But I think most people feel compelled to tell me how great it is that I can climb. Even if they've never seen me climb, they tell me it's terrific and that I'm inspiring, and I always find that funny. I respect it, and I appreciate it, but I'd rather they wait to see if I can even drag myself off the ground. Ronnie's really pumped. He's going to crush everyone. He's pretty certain he'll be offered a sponsorship deal after today. I'm just hoping to top out one problem. The crowd is large, and it just adds to my nerves. I hand in my scorecard and anxiously wait my turn. Finally, they call me, and I walk up to my first problem, scope the moves, and grab the start holds. I start to move up the route. It feels awesome to be moving up again in the early morning air. The holds feel crisp, and all of a sudden, I'm psyched to be there. Suddenly, I'm topped out, staring down at the pads and the pain in my back, 
and then I'm dropping back to the ground. The day moves by in a blur. My wife of 12 years, Cindy, my daughter and son, Maya and Will, come and cheer for me, which feels awesome. They've never had the chance to see me compete, and it's great for them and me to be together in this place. I climb with some new friends from the Evolve Shoe Company. We sit waiting our turn. We chat beta back and forth. Never does it come up that I'm an amputee, only that in order to finish my hardest problem of the day, the green number 14, I have to engage my right shoulder and step up to the higher foot jib. There are no more nerves, just that buzz you get after doing something you really love. Some days, even the wind blowing makes me go back to falling. Sometimes the fear of that much pain again makes me go home and have some family time. Other days, days like today, climbing feels like putting on a pair of old jeans. It just fits you perfect, and you don't even know you're really doing it. I placed third in my division. I'm amazed and humbled, but really just glad to have made it up a few problems. People come up and tell me congrats on the medal. Just like always, they tell me how cool it is that I still climb, that my performance was inspiring. This time I understand why they're telling me. They don't care about the accident or the missing leg. They don't know about the fused back or the chronic pain. They're just telling a fellow climber congrats on a third place finish. They're just sharing in the joy our sport gives all of us, the simple pleasure of moving upward. That makes it right. My name is Craig DiMartino, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Music today by The Numbers, The Helio Sequence, and The Feral Children. Music provided by Iota Prominent and Sub Pop Records. A big thanks to them. If you want to stream some songs or check out some links, visit our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. When Craig and I first talked about doing a short, he was hesitant. He said he wasn't a writer. But somewhere along the way, I think that Craig got into it. And then he discovered his radio voice. I think in this voice, I could sell rich Corinthian leather to a cow. My wife is convinced that Craig is after my job. It's entirely possible. He's a mover and a shaker. If you have any interest in stepping up to the mic, though, feel free to email me with your thoughts and ideas at dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. Thanks for bearing with my little break this summer. I needed it. That said, we've got a great fall coming up. So next time on the Dirtbag Diaries, what happens when your car goes belly up, leaving you stranded in the urban jungle? You blaze your way out. We just got hosed by the bus. Now we have to haul our ass downtown to uh, catch the bus out to Issaquah. As always, the shorts are produced with support from Patagonia.com. I'm Fitz Cahal. That was Craig DiMartino. Thanks for listening.